0: say podcast
1: venture apparently the 10 year old uh, old mac that that's not going to cut it for skype anymore no it doesn't like that one it's <laughs> not crazy. so much not so much buddy
0: so every time I see something about the new Terminator movie, uh-huh. all I see is Terminator fart take.
1: <laughs> and and uh, now you will too. You know what? Thank you for that. That's nice. <laughs> I try to just ignore Terminator news these days because I, I don't know. I feel like it's just that relationship that's always going to disappoint. You know, we, we just can't do this anymore, Terminator.
0: I don't even, so- I don't even like the second one anymore.
1: You know, that one, like, I remember when it came out, kind of loving it. Well, love is a strong word, but thinking it was really cool and stuff. But as the years went on, it was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. The Terminator's not your fucking friend. What the hell is this shit? He's supposed to, he will not stop until you are dead.
0: Well, and Edward Furlong is so bad, and their big latest (laughs) announcement was that he's in the new one. And I was like, that's not enticement.
1: (laughs) I know, like that's good news or something. No, it's not at all.
0: Oh, hey, there it is.
1: I'm getting my big chair. I, I stole, Brody always steals my uh, bigger chair for his production stuff here on his iMac. And I stole the chair back to sit at the old computer. And now, you know, now we've come full circle. Now, now you I'm get to sit to at the,
0: the fancy pants modern computer.
1: It's true. It's true. Um, you know, you do what you got to do, I guess. We, all, we only need like four or five Macs in this fucking house.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you're a,
0: you're a, big-time Hollywood director.
1: I'm, I'm not. I wish I was so I could afford all these Macs.
0: <laughs> uh, so I, I want to talk about Troublemaker a little bit. Okay. And I want to talk about the fact that we... Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about some of the festivals that okay. you, you submitted to. Right. The, the most recent of which, I think Scum Dance was the last one.
1: Um, y- hang on. you know what? I need to I need to have all this shit sitting in front of me. I thought you just <laughs> I thought you just knew all this stuff. I don't I'm really I've been telling Kim for a while. like I really hope that you are uh, excited about changing my diapers in my old age because I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering shit now.
0: Oh, I have no memory whatsoever. I, I've like half the reason I started the site and I think we talked about this a little bit was that I didn't remember like anything from my childhood. Uh huh. So I was trying to jog my memory and and have some kind of archive of things that happened to me.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's it's bad, man. I'm just I don't know. I can't remember anything. So I'm really like I literally am just kind of uh, doing my best to keep up with what the fuck is going on with anything. Hang on a second. Let me log into Film Freeway so I can actually look at what is what.
0: Ah. Uh... So memory, memory wise, Uh I, uh, I'm not too bad with stuff that's happening now, but like when I found all my old concert tickets a few months ago in a box, I kept uh, just about every concert I'd ever been to was in there. Like (laughs) from the first, the first one I went to with like just my friends, my parents didn't take us or anything. Right. was Metallica at the Omni in I can't remember if it was 90 or 91 uh I have Jesus that ticket Christ. and then I've got most probably 80 percent of of the shows that I went to that required a ticket anyway you know that wasn't obviously paid uh, cash at the door or whatever and man there was so much shit I didn't remember at all so many yeah. bands that I was like oh shit I've seen them
1: I- yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I'll see a ticket or something like that, or you know, see some flyer. Or like, holy shit, I was at that. That's yeah, I, I'm. It's just, it's all fading, and that's okay. Whatever. I'll be an old man. Somebody will wheel me around and tell me about my own glory days. I well, can't I just, wait.
0: I just wish the bad things would fade. Yeah,
1: well, like the that's embarrassing the stuff shit. That's about. I'll forever remember that time I was awkward in front of you know some celebrity or something like that. But I won't remember like the good times. You right. know, the, fun, the, the time I actually played it cool in front of some celebrity, that won't happen.
0: Yeah, I barely remember the first time I saw Anthrax, but I very, very clearly remember asking a girl out in ninth grade.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Thanks, Brain. <laughs> so, uh, okay. you submitted trouble. Now, what's the deal with submitting to these film festivals?
1: Uh, are we being recorded, or is this informational?
0: Uh, that we are being recorded. So this is, this is public, uh, this is for public perception.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm just trying to figure out like how in depth I need to get like, is this uh, really for your knowledge? Okay. Um, so basically what happens is, uh, once you finish a film, you, uh, there's a couple of sites that do it. I use film freeway and they kind of, um, all the film festivals kind of come to these sites. It's like a directory of them and they tell you when the deadlines are and all that. Basically, I have to pay money for every festival I submit to, whether I get in or not. That's a different issue. So, you know, that's why, like, when you get in, I always announce it because it's like, hell yeah, I got into this thing. I paid fifty bucks three months ago to, you know, I got in. Hooray for me! Is this uh, a shakedown? Yeah, more or less.
0: I, I I tell you right now, I have no money because I just spent it all <laughs> on stress relief onions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hope you're not kidding about that too. I really want a needless things, uh, onion. Um, so you get into the film festival, you've, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, and once you get in, some of them are just kind of, all right, you got in. Hooray. We showed your film. Some of them have like awards and stuff like that. Uh, you know, best editing, uh, audience award, best feature, whatever it is. um, so that's uh so we've had some luck on that um the mayday film festival up in indiana we got uh, best feature film award um the uh scum dance recently we got best uh feature film and i wanted to, i went to the one in indiana uh mayday wanted to go to scum dance but uh i had uh, I had surprise surgery come up on me uh last month so uh i i just couldn't justify that uh six hundred dollar plane ticket plus hotel and everything else uh with uh impending medical bills coming down on me so i ended up skipping on that one i hated it but because uh, it seemed like a cool deal
0: yeah i i actually looked into well I, i've looked at a couple of them just to see like what they are and what goes on and that one like, it seemed like it would have been a really cool thing to be at. I, I honestly would have thought about it a lot harder if I didn't already have a prior commitment the next well, day in Atlanta. Yeah. That, that well, one-day round trip to, to Nevada is
1: a, is a little much. <laughs> it Well, and that was part of it, because, you know, my wife and I were talking about, you know, hey, it'd be fun to just fly in. I was like, yeah, but for the two of us to fly in there, we're going to spend at least, you know, 1300 $1,400 most likely, and then the the meals and all the stuff you don't think about i mean even just driving up to indiana you know that we had to get a hotel room for the night the meals the gas the this and that and it's worth it to me if i have the time and i have you know i have a little extra cash floating around but i just i couldn't justify it but now i'm game to fly to japan or whatever you know i mean uh surgery's over i paid off those medical bills i'm on top of the world right now okay Excellent. throw it at me america what do you got
0: yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're going to be really big in uh, Singapore.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, I think absolutely. that's going to
0: be huge. Um, I'm, on it. I'm expecting this to be a, a really big phenomenon in the East. I think
1: <laughs> that's the way it always goes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. some weird niche market out in you know. <laughs> i don't know japan or tokyo or someplace like that they always you always hear about these metal bands they have a huge following out there but they can't get 10 people in the audience here in new york or something i would be
0: so delighted if troublemaker hits really really big in some country that i haven't (laughs) even like heard of like just in one little tiny place if they just think i'm great (laughs) i I would be very happy
1: let's be honest we all think you're great you're the best stop you're you're the best ever. Um, I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart.
0: Well, thank you very much. I think you're the best as well. <laughs> you're you you have a deep well of love and sincerity buried beneath your grumble dick exterior.
1: It's true. It's true. Uh, despite <laughs> despite my hatred for all your favorite things,
0: that's <laughs> also true. I put up I I linked the trailer for uh, Three from Hell the other day, and I was like I was like I. Bet Wilson won't say anything about it this time.
1: That's right. I uh, I learned I learned my lesson talking smack about that Rob <laughs> Zombie because I know he's your hero. <laughs> well,
0: <it's> like, <laughs> like if I post it, if I post it in the podcast group, then I kind of want everybody to be cool about it. Like Arian posted about you know Tycho YTT's new Thor, which you know I didn't right. like the last one, and I'm not gonna say anything about it there because there I you
1: didn't want, like the last Thor. Hang on a second.
0: Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. You didn't like that? No. Hmm.
1: Okay, continue.
0: I I just it, the the jokey stuff pissed me off. All right. Like when Asgard, the the legendary home of an entire race of people, was destroyed, and yeah. somebody made like a fart joke on top of it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you and gotta find what, little, you gotta that, find a little light in the darkness, Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt like the whole movie was that. And look, I love the aesthetics and everything, but I just overall, I, I didn't. That's not for me. Uh, but, but I do think it was smart of Marvel to bring him back, obviously, because people love that movie. Like, I'm not yeah. mad about it. Yeah. Uh, but if it's in my personal, like, if it's just me sharing something, that's fair game. Sure. So if I, if I, any Rob Zombie stuff I share. <laughs> you know, on my own timeline, you feel free to, to go after it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, at that point, I'm probably baiting you.
1: I, I, uh, I really, I bit my lip on that one. I was, I was just <laughs> kind of holding my tongue cause it was just like, you know, you're obviously just throwing this out there just to mess with me. Cause surely no one in America cares about Rob zombie movies anymore, but here we are. Cause there were like at least 10 people in my timeline that I kept seeing the, uh, is it three from hell? Three from hell. The, yeah. Yeah. I kept seeing that pop up. I haven't even watched the trailer. I don't need to. I've seen enough of his movies. If you've seen one, you've seen every one of his movies.
0: I'll be honest. I'll be honest. You don't need to watch the trailer. I bet you could. I bet you could describe it without even seeing it.
1: Yeah, I feel uh, but, the same about this music too. I'm sure if it, you just say uh, "yeah" over and over again, you've got whatever new song well, he's,
0: he's got. He's even said like his lyrics are just words he thinks sound
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's got he's got his thing, you know. I mean, right, right. Things I like that people are going to say the same thing. The Ramones. People are going to be like, you've heard the one song, you've heard them all, and I get it. So I mean, sometimes you just gravitate towards certain things, and you're willing to forgive the repetitive nature of it or whatever. And yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just different stuff clicking for for different people. But um, you and would I not will believe... say, by the way, not oh, to yeah.
1: interrupt you, I will say, um, I've toned down on the grumble dick aspect a lot, and I've told people this. Um, making this movie with you watching your uh your optimism and your openness to just everything and the fact that you know what some people just don't like what i like and that's cool like that was your attitude of watching you do that in interviews and stuff and kind of like it wasn't just like lip service watching you interact with people like at dragon con or wherever we were out at um i it was a real thing for you you actually are very uh very kind to people's (laughs) other opinions even if yours differ and i i kind of uh i kind of I took something from that, like you know I, I could take it down a notch or two, like you're just so open to everyone's ideas and and everyone's uh you're just so nice you're but, such a you're such a great guy
0: uh, I, I try to be look i here's where that <laughs> comes from I don't want to be the guy that makes somebody feel stupid or bad for liking
1: something oh uh, see i'm I'm different. <laughs> I feel you should be punished for these horrible opinions. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
0: I, um, no, I like because when you see interviews with actors and they talk poorly about older movies that they were in. Uh-huh. And like, let's say like, let's say Kurt Russell did an interview and, and mentioned Big Trouble in Little China. And he was like, yeah, what an embarrassing piece of shit that is.
1: Like, right. I hate that. That's terrible when actors it's Burt, do it's that. Burt Reynolds after uh, Boogie Nights. Like before it even come out, Burt Reynolds uh, popped out saying that this was garbage. He couldn't believe he did it, and, and he had no career at this point, really. From my recollection of the later nineties, he just no, didn't he have a whole lot didn't. going on. Yeah, um, and he just he talked so much uh, smack about this movie, which is one of my favorite movies. I love Boogie Nights. Um, so you know, feel free to judge. But anyway, it came out, and it was a huge hit. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, this guy just has to sit there and eat crow now. And if I remember right, and I could be wrong, I want to say he was nominated for an Oscar or some kind of award based on that, maybe not an Oscar, but he was nominated for something based on his performance in Boogie Nights. And I thought, this guy has done very little in a long time. This comes along, gives him another shot, It's huge for him, and he's, he's now been recorded as talking about how it's garbage and nobody should see it. Like what is what is going on with you, man?
0: Yeah, never never bury your own stuff because yeah. you're like at at worst you're making yourself look bad in in staining part of your legacy, uh, but but you're also alienating a certain segment of your fans, it, it, and it happens in music as well when artists look back. Um, I, I will never. There's a hip hop group called De La Soul. Uh, yeah. And I love their first three albums. They're, they're mm-hmm. I think, three of the best hip-hop albums of all time, some of my favorites. And a few years ago, they were really talking down about them, about how they were just just whack, the rhymes weren't good, the beats were lame. And it made me feel really dumb for liking them so much. And, I mean, not, mm-hmm. not really. I still love those albums, but it was just like, man, what... what What the hell? Like, so this stuff's not good? And Mm -hmm. then a few years later, when the industry had dried up, these guys didn't have any money to make anything anymore. All of a sudden, they're using imagery and art, and they're uh, trying to bring back those old fans who made them big in the first place Uh by doing a Kickstarter for a new album. Uh-huh. and it's all that that old school art and all of a sudden for some reason that stuff's cool again and i was like no you you got no sale here cuz you you spent years burying that stuff yeah. and now i feel like this is a disingenuous attempt to get people back and, and that's why I, I i don't i i don't think there's you know there's there's garbage out in the world and look i'm not pollyanna all the time every once in a while something outrages me so much <laughs> that I have to say something about it or something like when I do have a negative opinion, I make it very clear that it's my opinion and that I Uh don't expect everybody to be on board. Like I don't say this is stupid. I say, I think this is stupid. Like I try to make it very clear. Like I'm not the be all end all. This is just what I think. Maybe I don't get it, whatever. Uh, but there's just rarely a benefit to negativity.
1: If well, it's, if it's that you, bad, it makes just makes your don't. dark heart feel good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ask Arian. he uh, he's he's on board with me. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, old negative Nelson!
1: <laughs> well he, he says in the movie at one point, uh, uh, what is it? He said, "I rarely give things a first chance." <laughs> Something yeah, yeah. Like that when we were talking about crawl. Yes, when you guys yes. were watching
0: that. <laughs> oh gosh! And the fact, the fact that us watching that turd. And that is one of the things I will be blatantly negative about because it's the worst movie ever made. Um, the f- worse than it's Pat.
1: Thanks, Bo Brown. Worse,
0: worse than things. Uh, the fact that that turd is, is us watching it is immortalized in Trouble Maker uh-huh. is uh, really magical. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful so I don't want to get too deep into the filming because I, we'll we'll talk about that later on but I do okay. want to talk a little bit uh, since we're discussing you know now we're in the post I guess it's not necessarily post release I mean people out there have seen it and generally yeah. uh, it's gotten a generally positive response so far right
1: I haven't heard anything negative but
0: uh, and these are people that but, don't know us
1: right um, that's Even like, you know, sometimes uh, I won't get accepted to a festival. It just happens. Uh, Part of the problem with festivals also that I didn't really get into before was I anticipated with you and I talked originally about uh, we weren't going to have a time length on this thing. And uh, in terms of like, you know, is it going to be a feature? Is it going to be a short or whatever? Well, yeah, there uh, was a point
0: where we thought it might be 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, we weren't sure where it was going to go. And part of that idea was I didn't want to try to stretch to make anything right, good. You know, if it wasn't, you know, if we didn't have that much material, because I really didn't know what we were going to do. I had no idea following you for a year where this would all go. So it was kind of like, you know what, if we get a good 10 minutes short out of this, let's go with, it. let's go with, a, uh, you know, quantity over quality uh, no quality over quantity. That's, that's, that was my approach on stopper, but, um, let's go for, uh, quality <laughs> over quantity <laughs> and, um, and, you know, see what we come away with. Part and part of my thinking, I was kind of hoping it might be shorter, because getting into a festival, if you've got a short, you get into festivals much easier because they can fit in that ten minute short. Right, they get right. a bunch of them. Features a lot of times, um, especially if it's a one day, a lot of times festivals are you know two or three days, uh, you know a weekend kind of thing. But if it's especially a one day thing, they only have so much time for a feature film.
0: And this is so, it's is it fifty five yeah this is about 56
1: minutes 56 okay uh just shy of 56 i think but yeah I, so it's considered a feature when i uh put right. it into things and i would get notes back from uh festivals that we didn't get accepted to that you know this was really great just didn't have enough time for it i'm sorry and uh you know other notes from places that did take us um that would uh say something like they really loved you and they felt like uh you were kind of this local hero and, you know, this everyman and uh, following you was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's, it's gone over pretty well so far. I haven't had anybody, you know, tell me that it's the worst piece of shit they've ever watched yet. But I, <laughs> well, that's I'm because they've all that. seen Krull,
0: obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they all scrambled. Like I tried to blur the cover when you held it up um and it was a quick blur there's a few after effects shots i wish i'd spent more time on now but i you have to with art you have to learn when to just pull the plug yeah, yeah but yeah. anyway uh you do see the cover at some other point and i i thought about that like i bet there are people who have never heard of crawl that are going to go pursue this now like they'll watch this movie and think oh i wonder what movie they're watching hey you know this this troublemaker guy seems like a lot of fun and he's real smart obviously he wouldn't watch shitty movies you know we we've helped crawl along just a little bit further
0: oh no that's terrible we must burn burn it put all the (laughs) put all the copies in a can and burn them (laughs) that's right like a a 40s detective flick trying to burn the evidence that's how that's how digital works right
1: yeah well i mean the replacements tried to do it they broke into the studio that uh that re- or the uh, the record label that recorded all their stuff and uh, tried to throw it all into the river. They didn't realize there were backups. <laughs> they decided they didn't like somebody else making money off their stuff, and they were drunk and thought it would be funny to just get rid of all the master copies of their records. <laughs> I support That's that. Awesome. Somebody should do that with Kroll. Whoever directed that piece of shit should go and throw that thing in the river. <laughs> so,
0: um, at this point, we're we're still. Uh still going out to festivals and everything. Yeah. We haven't technically had what what I would consider to be a, a world premiere, I guess.
1: No, and you're really not supposed to yet. Uh you're generally festivals don't like for you to have had a showing. Uh oh, and that's really? part that's of why. Interesting. Well, this will be we to I where you're going with this, uh this will be fine because it's a limited showing. They right. don't like a big you know, released. Usually you have to do the festival circuit first, but for th- something like this, it's okay.
0: Yeah, and and this is what uh, what we're talking about here, is something that's actually been in the works for, for several months, because that's how this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be holding the world premiere of Troublemaker live at DragonCon. What better place to do it, right? <laughs> agreed <laughs> uh, as part of the American sci-fi classics track, the place that gave me my dragon con and really, really my convention presence start uh, Saturday at 10 PM at dragon con. The proceedings will be hosted by Mike Gordon and we are going to show the movie and then we're going to have a short Q and a, I-, I say short. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, to-
1: Obviously by this podcast alone, we know that I'm uh, out out ramble on and on about anything for a while so it may be lengthy
0: yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how many q's get up in the a's <laughs> that's right uh but yeah we're gonna do uh, A Q&A after the movie and and as we said it's under an hour so so we'll be you know it's it, it'll be standard panel length we'll, we'll go a little bit longer than a regular panel but uh we won't keep you past midnight because we've got to get over and see cybertronic spree after this thing is done absolutely uh but yeah this is I'm very very excited because Dragon Con is is absolutely my home away from home. Uh I have experienced so many things there, a lot of them are now on film. <laughs> and there there's just no more appropriate place to for for troublemaker to first be seen by the public and like you said it is closed it's there's no like additional fee or anything if you're if you've got your dragon con badge you can get in to see it if you can get into the room and i realize it may sound kind of crazy for me to suggest that the room might full uh fill up but i thought it was crazy to suggest that the game show would pack a room and every single year we ended up with a bigger room that filled up and we turned people away at the door so uh, you know, I don't know that Troublemaker will necessarily have the draw because it's just not as established. Right. But also, I would say if if you want to see it at if you want to see it in the perfect environment with the perfect group of people, and you want what may be the only live Q and A with me and Wilson mm-hmm. uh, and some of the other people that were part of Troublemaker, uh, then make a point of, of getting out to it now. Wilson, when I first uh, mentioned, because it was a few months ago, I had talked to Joe and Gary about this possibility. I think I mentioned it to you first, because I didn't want to ask them, without your blessing, sure. um, what was your, your first thought when I said, let's do this at Dragon
1: Con? Oh, it seemed like the perfect venue to me. I mean, half the movie is Dragon Con, is you wandering around doing the panels and everything. And that wasn't necessarily the intention, at least at this point um but I, I mean obviously this is the crowd for it these are the people that they may you may even see yourself there you know i mean we've got shots of i hired a guy to wander around as a second unit uh camera just getting footage of the festival itself so you may see people you recognize and all that kind of stuff i mean it's at least 30 minutes of this film is spent at dragon con so it'll be kind of neat to take that you know it will uh, time travel back to 2000 shit. Was it 17, 2017, 2017.
0: That's right. Wow. Cause it was the last year of the, the dirty con game show.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah,
0: man, I wish we had filmed the big damn game show, but you know, some things <laughs> that's are just outside lost of the, the time. year, man. Yeah, it that was, was it was. <laughs> and that was it. And it was like, when we say a year, it was a legit year. You started in October at the Puck and Fuppet Show in yep.
1: 2016,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, went into September. Yeah, September at Dragon Con of 2017.
1: Yep, um, with, with a near death experience right in the middle. Just to you know, <laughs> yeah you you <laughs> had you had some <laughs> some
0: unfortunate incidents, and and I, I, you know, it's something like that. I think it's easy when like some famous person that doesn't have other commitments gets followed around. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when it's two regular people trying to coordinate something like this. It was tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really was because the, the, you know, the first thing is I, I don't, as much as you can sit and watch Troublemaker and get this sense that I do a lot of stuff, I, I don't. It doesn't come up all the time because I'm working or I'm spending time with the family or whatever. So right. these events, like, I, I'm sure people watching the, the documentary are going to get the idea, like, wow, look at this guy's crazy party life. But it's really not. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes this stuff happens last minute. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'm I'm focused on I'm going to show up and be the crazy guy that with the microphone and does the thing and and then like halfway through it I'm like oh I should probably
1: should have called Wilson <laughs> <laughs> there were there were many events that I saw on Facebook and I thought wow that would have been awesome to shoot <laughs> but it is what it is you know I think what we came away with is perfectly fine if you'd done more events the the film may have been 2 hours and we'd gotten into uh, less film festivals then so eh, well whatever. and it, I, it
0: it would have been you know, you may have gotten twice as much footage, but I don't know that it necessarily would have been any longer because what you put together is the important stuff. Like, it tells the story of, of right. what I try to do.
1: It would have become, uh, and you'll see a couple of kind of, uh, we laugh at the idea of montages, but there are kind of montage-ish kind of things that are cut together quickly to tell the story. Dragon Con's a perfect example. There's stuff that's just cut quickly. So we could see the story of you being there, but we don't have to spend every second watching every conversation and stuff.
0: You don't need to and, see me check into the hotel and bring right. my bags up to the room and
1: Exact. or even like the full interviews. You had interviews um, that I have like really good audio of, and I have the majority, if not all of them. A lot of times, you know, you interviewing the Kyoto brothers or um, or Kane or whatever it is, but it was like, well. How much do we need to see of that? Right. Like, we're not telling the story of Kane or the, the Kyoto brothers. We're telling the story of Dave. So let's just show that he arrived. He's interviewing them. Then we can move on to the next thing. Like, each thing had a quick little thing. And I feel like if we'd shot for another year or I'd shot every, you know, every other event you did, that's all that would have ended up happening was there would have been a lot more of just fast-cut things just to show that you've got this active lifestyle, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Right, so, exactly. I, I, I think I we think... got what we needed. Yeah,
0: I absolutely agree, and 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 look, believe me, I'd love to have everything, everything that I do publicly like that. I'd love to have it all documented, but uh, you know, it's it's just not necessary. No, just like the big damn game show, like it, it's, it was the culmination of everything that I had done, like that, mm-hmm. and it was very special. And everybody that was there to see it saw it, and mm-hmm. that's it. And and I'm kind of okay with that.
1: Yeah, and that's that, um, it's uh, Bill Stevenson, the drummer for The Descendants, in their documentary. uh, He talks about the fact that, you know, he went on to do all after The Descendants. And he's like, you know, and it wasn't as popular. And he says, but where is it written?
0: Hang on, your audio just dropped out. Oh no, what's happening? I can't even type a message? Wilson's doing something. I don't know if I'll leave this in or not. We'll find out. I got a thumbs up. You there? Oh, there it is.
1: Yeah. What was I, that? I See, uh, when you're fancy like me, you use a wireless uh, lavalier. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what that out. word means. Uh, you know, the clip-on mic. Oh, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You'd think um, I'd be more familiar with that. That's why I walk
1: all around the room and you can still hear me well. Um, because that's the kind of microphone I have. I so. <laughs> wonder why you
0: sounded so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, well... Uh, it's the same microphone you were wearing the whole time in the documentary. So there you go. We came full circle. Oh, beautiful. Now you're interviewing me on the same mic I interviewed you on. Oh, my oh. gosh. This is magic. I know, right? Well, What I was saying was basically that uh, when the Bill Stevenson moved on from Descendants to All, he was saying that you know, even though it wasn't as popular, there's no rule that I have to have 1,000 adoring fans at every show. If I have 10 fans show up, hey, that's cool. You know, I, I have fans. And it's cool. I entertain some people and no big deal, you know,
0: Yeah, not yeah.
1: everything has to be a home run. You know, it's, it, it's okay to, you know, take it down a notch or two. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a million people packed in.
0: Well, and I think you have to be okay with that because yeah. that's just how it like the creative process isn't, it's about the learning. It's about the, the, the journey and doing the thing, it's not necessarily about the reception. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, even if the game show had had never drawn like it did, and look, I'll I will. I'm not real big on patting myself on the back, mm-hmm. but that game show, the fact that we we built it up from nothing, and it turned into what it did. Uh, you know, I'll go to my grave in, intensely proud of that because that's to draw at dragon con saturday night the way that we did is crazy uh yeah. I, I would go so far as to say it's unprecedented look for that's us to be a bunch of you know we're not celebrities i mean dana mm-hmm. you know she's she has a name but the people that were there weren't necessarily there to see sarah from toonami
1: right um well it, that, I mean, that's wild. That's something that I think uh, I tried to make clear in the documentary. It was I didn't know what the game show was. I'm not a Dragon Con person. I don't know. Um, I don't go to it often. Like, I used to take uh, my oldest son when he was a little younger. We'd go and you know we'd buy a bunch of stuff. We'd go watch Danger Woman perform and then we'd go home. Like I had no idea what you were going to do that night. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> I'd never seen footage. I'd never even seen photos. I'd seen after party photos of you guys in costumes. <laughs> But I didn't know what I was in for. So I was amazed at the show you guys did, how much detail and work went into it, and just all the logistics I know go into pulling something like that off. Uh, I was amazed at how many people were there and how, you know, how much people loved it. I, really, like, I, was, I was almost in tears. I was so proud for you watching it go down like that because you know at the same time i'm thinking hell this is the great ending for my movie now (laughs) we can build to this because this is awesome well up to that point up until dragon con honestly and i think i told you this i wasn't sure what i didn't know what we had with this documentary right i really didn't know what to make of it or what to do with it and that was something you and i had discussed many times was um you know what Let's not even announce this is going on. Let's not tell anybody that we're doing this or anything. Let's kind of keep this down low, and that way, you know what? At the end of this year, if we come away with no footage, uh, or we come away with nothing that we can really put together into something, at worst, you've got some really pretty footage of you doing things that you can just keep forever. You know, so so what? And I feel like the fact that we had no pressure on us to make something happen actually lent itself to the project in a way. Like, it made it that much better that we were able to relax and take our time and deal with it without any expectations of it.
0: Well, and at no point were you... Now, there were certain interview things where you... Like, you knew what to go for when we were doing the actual interview segments. But, like, at no point were you like, hey, you should punch this up a little bit, or hey, let's focus on this a little bit more. Like, you, it was very, very organic and just let's... Let's do what we're doing and, and shoot it, and that's it.
1: Well, I've done a lot of documentary stuff over the last, like, 20 years or so, and most of it has been for, like, the cable network I work for, or whatever, you know, and it would be, like, the history of East things like that, um, as exciting as that sounds. and uh, But I always had, like, set questions. And with you, I actually have questions that I've typed out, and I carried them in my camera bag every time, and we never pulled those questions out. I never asked any of them. I would have something on my mind that I thought we should go with, but more often than not, we were just shooting and it was just whatever came to my mind. And you're such a good talker that you would kind of flow in such a way. You made it really easy because you flow the way you talk, um, into a new subject that made sense, or you would, uh, it it would be like, Oh, okay, well tell me more about that. And you you didn't get too lengthy in your stories. You kept them uh, as opposed to me. You uh, you, kinda, <laughs> you would self-edit a little bit, and it made it easy to deal with the footage and with your stories and things like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the interviews were very, like you said it best, organic. We really didn't just sit there. Usually, you know, I do a lot of lighting and stuff. There was no lighting in any of our interviews. Uh, I just had good enough lenses to just capture you in the natural lighting in your uh, basement or Whatever, I think once we did shoot out in front of that theater with um, an on-camera light I had. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. The otherwise, like, usually when I do a shoot with an interview, there's at least two hours before we get to the interview of me there working, getting everything set up and doing all that. I didn't even shoot with a tripod. I mean, I just went handheld on all our interviews and stuff. And sometimes that, you know, I wasn't as happy with that in the editing room, but it is what it is.
0: I try... To be conscious of my audience and I try to be conscious of who I'm working with and I try to never hog the spotlight. I want the audience to feel like they're part of what's going on and part of that is not, is making sure I'm not just droning. Mm-hmm. And as far as like if I'm up on stage with somebody, like I want everyone to be the star I'm not I'm not trying to be the guy and I think that's sort of where my brevity comes from a little bit is I want to you know I I just want to get the thought out there I'm not I'm not talking to make sure I'm getting my time talking I'm talking to say whatever and then to kick it over to whoever the other person is
1: and anybody that's listened to your podcast knows that you know, you, you're, you're good at uh, what you do and you're very smart about the way you, the way you interview people, the way you talk. Um, you know, it's, it's not just rambling incoherent nonsense, which is, I've had friends that have done podcasts that I've listened to and I've thought, man, where are we going with this? Um, and it, <laughs> if I did a podcast, I'd be the exact same way. Cause I will just keep on going forever and ever.
0: Well, and I, I appreciate hearing that because I, I try to be, I try to be conscious of that. I, yeah. I, I I don't uh I don't wanna bore people and I don't want people to get the impression that I'm just interested in me talking.
1: Right. No, that's more my league. That's where I'm at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so to to wrap this little conversation up, because I, I don't wanna I don't wanna hit everything now because I really do there there are two things I wanna do with troublemaker. One, I want to do a legit commentary with you and me Mm -hmm. watching the movie, doing a for real commentary because I love movie commentaries Mm -hmm. and that's like one of my dreams to be on a for real commentary and I never imagined it would be on like my own movie, (laughs) but I want to do a, a real commentary and of course... We also, at some point, are going to have to do a needless commentary sure. with the commentary team likely just giving me shit the whole time. Yeah. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I want to hear Arian's thoughts on this. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: (laughs) Uh, I especially want to hear Sean's thoughts. And by the way, not to get off track or anything, I do want to see Sean. The next time I see him, I need badly to see him do the New Kids on the Block dances. Okay. that I heard in the 1989 podcast, I need this in the worst way. Yeah, so I just can, listened to this podcast yesterday or the day before.
0: We can make that happen. Absolutely. Thank you. As a matter of fact, I, I might even do my best to assist. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't let that motherfucker hog the spotlight.
1: <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> uh, so to wrap it up, uh, August 1st was the official announcement, I realize now when this post that will be in the past, even though it's July 21st right now and we're looking Mm -hmm. 11 days into the future, I'm not going to post this thing until probably halfway through August. So you guys already know that Troublemaker world premiere is going to be live at Dragon Con Saturday night, 10 p.m., in the American Sci-Fi Classics track room, unless we hear different. I will be there. Jason Wilson, director of Troublemaker, will be there. Yep. Mike Gordon will be hosting the event and moderating the Q and a afterwards. And we will have special guests from troublemaker, uh, on, on stage with us to discuss the movie and answer your questions. And it's going to be awesome. And we're all probably, I mean, I'm going to be shit faced. Are you going to be
1: shit faced? Uh, there's a good chance of that.
0: Yeah. And then afterwards we're going to go see Cybertronic spree. Yeah. Uh, play because they are look i love Calibries. they're legit one of my favorite bands but cybertronic spree greatest band i've ever seen at dragon con
1: 100 percent wow yeah, dude did <laughs> i, I tell footage. you they i i'm not very familiar with them what little bit i've seen they look amazing
0: well here's the thing
1: they i could, mean but i do hang on i do want to say i mean to me, Danger Woman is the most amazing thing. I've at <laughs> Con. And by the way, I'm still getting emails from her. Oh, you gotta, <laughs> she thinks I'm you. I need to get a
0: restraining order. I think. <laughs> um, but real quick, Cybertronic Spree. This is for you, Wilson. This the yep. listeners can listen as well. This is for you. Yes, Spree, You know I love gimmicks. Uh huh. They could get by on being a band that dresses up as Transformers and plays shitty songs <laughs> however they could be just a band not dressed up as transformers and they would still have been badass like they do the full-on 80s arena rock show with like kicks and posing and like crowd chatter it like <laughs> they're a badass band that happened to be transformers That's so awesome. They blew me away because I went in very cynical, which is not like me. But I was just like, all right, they're going to play the touch and they're going to play like, you know, the songs from the Transformers soundtrack. And it's going to be really cool because they're in big robot suits. But dude, they were like, it was like seeing, uh, like Motley Crue. It was, it was wild. That's so awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it it is amazing. And we're going to experience it after and again for the listeners the world premiere of troublemaker at dragon con wilson do you have any uh final thoughts to share while we're while we're doing this sort of preemptive uh media blitz
1: <laughs> no i mean i'm i'm excited about it no uh, you know i'm excited to uh unleash this on the world let people see it cuz i really like i said earlier i feel like this is kind of the audience DragonCon is uh is the perfect audience for this so i'm uh i'm i'm excited to be a part of it
0: are you gonna wear a suit
1: no <laughs> i mean that's that's not really my thing we'll, we'll work on i don't that. think i own a suit anymore to be honest with you oh my gosh what is i really haven't had to interview for a job in like 13 years i mean they people know what they get with me well i'm you're... a scumbag <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll uh we'll work on that thank you all right thanks for talking man all right, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.